اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم once the class begins then i expect that everyone in this class focuses on the lesson and that means everybody and if someone is walking around or talking or checking their phone i don't think they're focused on the lesson and that is not just disrespect to the people who are here but first and foremost it is disrespect to the book of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so please this is a reminder to myself and everybody in this room when we are here for the quran then let's leave everything for the quran it's just a little while just a few hours that's it we need to focus because if we do not focus then we cannot absorb we cannot understand so in order to help one another focus better please i request every single person over here avoid any extra movement avoid any extra conversation anything that is unnecessary please leave it forget it it's just a little while okay inshallah lesson number 135 surah an-nahl ayah number 22 to 40 ilahukum ilahu wahid your god is one god your god your ilah meaning the one whom you should worship the one whom you should love the one whom you should pay attention to the one whom you should fear your ma'bud is who one god who the one who created you the one who created everything and the one who blessed you with everything that you have in your body outside the world that you live in the food that you eat the sky beneath that you live everything every blessing that you have has been given to you by who that one god so when he alone gave you everything then who alone should you worship only him ilahukum ilahu wahid therefore none besides him should be worshiped no person no angel no rock no mountain nothing only him falladhina but those people who la yu'minuna bil akhirah who do not believe in the hereafter qulubuhum their hearts are munkirah one that rejects one that denies meaning their hearts are in denial their hearts don't accept don't accept what reality the reality that there is only one god worthy of worship why because wahum mustakbirun and they are arrogant their hearts are full of pride which is why even if the oneness of god is made clear to them they are too arrogant to give up their false ways they are too arrogant to admit that they were wrong that they should now worship only one god if you notice over here two things are mentioned one is the realization this belief that there is only one god and secondly the disbelief of those who reject the hereafter is mentioned so there are two primary beliefs and what are they belief in allah and belief in the hereafter and both of these beliefs are deeply connected when a person believes in allah in creator then he must believe in the concept of afterlife because obviously if there is a creator then what does that mean that he created me he sent me over here he provided me everything and then after i go from here where do i go where am i going to go 
Is it fair that people are living in different ways and at the end all of them turn to dust? No. It cannot be possible that the Creator who is so just and so kind, He would not recompense people for what they have done. So belief in the oneness of Allah leads to belief in Al-Akhirah also. Both of these beliefs are deeply connected. And when both of these beliefs are there, then obviously believing in the angels, believing in the prophets, believing in fate, believing in the scriptures, all of that comes naturally. So over here, what is mentioned? That people who do not believe in the hereafter, who do not have this faith that one day they will go back to their Lord, the one who sent them here, they're going to go back to Him. What is their attitude towards Tawheed, towards the belief in oneness of Allah? قُلُوبُهُمْ munkira. Their hearts are in utter denial. They don't want to accept that there is only one God. They don't want to accept that they will be questioned for what they have done. They don't want to accept that there is a law that God has given that they must follow. قُلُوبُهُمْ munkira. They are constantly in denial. They cannot believe. وَهُمْ مُسْتَكْبِرُونَ And the main problem is that they are arrogant. They are arrogant towards the one who created them. This istikbal, this pride is what? Rejecting the truth. And what is the greatest reality? The oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they are too arrogant. The mushrikeen of Makkah, they used to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But at the same time, they used to associate many partners with him also. And whenever it was mentioned to them that there is only one God, they would get very upset. They would get agitated. They would get angry. In Surah Al-Safat, Ayah 35, it is mentioned, إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا إِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ That these people, whenever it was said to them, there is no God worthy of worship but Allah, what is their response? يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ They are arrogant. They don't want to accept. So what do we learn from this ayah? Belief in Allah necessitates belief in the hereafter. But those who reject the hereafter, they're too arrogant. Then they're too arrogant to accept any command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La jarama, No doubt. Assuredly. Certainly. The word la jarama, it means, of course, there's no doubt about this. That anna that indeed Allah, ya'lamu, He knows, ma yusirruna, that which they conceal, meaning the arrogant ones conceal, wa ma and whatever they reveal, meaning whatever they show. And the fact is that innahu la yuhibbul mustakbirin, indeed Allah does not like those people who are arrogant. So, in the first ayah, what was mentioned? The arrogance of disbelievers. That the one who disbelieves in Allah, the one who disbelieves in the hereafter, then what is his problem? Pride. That is his problem. Because if he was humble before the one who created him, then he would not be in denial. He would accept. Now over here what is mentioned? That they can deny all they want, no matter what they say, no matter what they hide, everything is known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see pride, where is it? In the heart. It is in the heart. And then that pride is expressed through words, through actions, through behavior, through body language, through different ways. Sometimes a person, he shows through his words that he thinks very highly of himself or he looks down on others. It's very obvious by the way someone is treating the other that this guy is full of arrogance. 
But at other times, a person is very good at, you know, keeping that pride inside and showing humility on the outside. But what do we learn here? No matter what a person keeps inside his heart, no matter what he shows, everything is known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. People only know what is on our surface, what is on our zahir. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what is on the zahir and also what is in the batin. What we show and what is also hidden. And this is why we should be equally and even more concerned about the state of our heart, more than we are concerned about the state of our actions. Actions matter, words matter, for sure. They do matter. But what is in the heart, that matters much more. You know why? Because the actions also, they are judged according to what? The intention. If the intention is pure, the action is good, and the action will be rewarded then. But the action is good and the intention is corrupted. Will that action matter? Will it bring reward to a person? No, it will be a source of punishment for him. So while we are so concerned about our outward, what do we learn from this ayah? That we should be more concerned about the state of our heart. We should be more concerned about correcting, about reforming, cleaning our hearts. Because where is this pride? In the heart. And what does Allah say? إِنَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُسْتَكْبِرِينَ Allah does not like those who are arrogant. I want you to imagine this for a moment. Allah does not like those who are arrogant. Do we hear these words from people? I don't like arrogant people. Hmm? Have you heard someone saying that? I don't like rude people. I cannot stand people you know, who show off a lot. We say these things, we hear these things. But so what if one human being does not like certain individuals? If we don't like certain individuals, what's the big deal? Is it really going to harm them? No. Just because a person is not liked by other human beings, it's not a big deal. But when a person is not liked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, does that matter? Does that matter? Tell me. How much does it matter? A lot. Think about it. If there is a person whom Allah does not like, do you think Allah would admit him into Jannah? Into paradise? Is there any room for such a person who is disliked by Allah in Jannah? No. What is Jannah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made Jannah and He said, Anti rahmati. You are my mercy. And I will admit into you from my servants those whom Man asha, whom I will, whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows. Those in Jannah, who are they? Those who are happy with Allah, and Allah is happy with them. So what does this ayah show to us? That in Jannah, there is no room for people who are arrogant. This is why we learn from hadith that if a person has even the smallest amount of pride in his heart, the size of an atom, is he entering Jannah? No, he's not. That pride has to be gotten rid of. Why? Because pride is essentially what? Batarul haq Rejecting the truth. And belittling people. This is what pride is. So, إِنَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُسْتَكْبِرِينَ Allah does not like those who are arrogant. And this pride is not necessarily pride that is shown towards other people. This pride is that which is shown towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
that a person is too proud to worship Allah, too proud to ask Allah, too proud to obey Allah, to accept His commands, to keep away from what Allah has forbidden. This kind of pride especially is very dangerous. Arrogance towards the Lord. In Surah Ghafir, Ayah 60, Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ Verily, those who scorn my worship, too arrogant to worship me, they will surely enter hell in humiliation. وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ And when it is said to them, said to who? To these arrogant people, those who do not wish to accept the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who reject Al-Akhirah, these people, when it is said to them, مَاذَا أَنزَلَ رَبُّكُمْ What is it that your Lord has sent down? What is it that this man, Muhammad wasallam, claims to have received from God? What do you say about that? What do you think about it? Is he true? Is he pretending? Is he a magician? Is he a prophet? What is he? قَالُوا Their response is, أَسَاطِيرُ الْأَوَّلِينَ Just stories of the former people. And don't pay any attention to what this man is saying. It's just stories of the former people. Now, the people of Mecca, they were highly respected. By who? Who respected them a lot? All the Arabs. Why? Because the people of Mecca were the caretakers of the Karba. So whatever the people of Mecca would say, especially the leaders amongst them, that would be accepted by not just the ordinary people of Mecca, but all over Arabia. It was accepted by everybody. So when the people would come for Hajj, and they would hear about Muhammad wasallam, that there is this man who claims to be a prophet, and he says, you should not worship idols, you should worship only one Allah. And that there is a hereafter where everyone will have to be questioned about their deeds. Everyone will be recompensed for what they have done. The people would go and ask the leaders of the Quraysh, the leaders of Mecca, that what do you think about this man? What do you think about this Qur'an that he is reciting? What is your opinion on this? So, what would their response be? It's just a satirul awwaleen. It's just stories. Now this is an arrogant response. Is Qur'an really just stories? Is it just stories? No. Yes, the Qur'an has many stories in which are beautiful lessons, but at the same time, the Qur'an also has warning and good news. But this kind of response is just stories. What does it tell us about the attitude of the people of Mecca? Arrogance. Look at their pride towards the book of Allah. That they call it just stories, and they belittle the book. They belittle the scripture. Now, what does it mean by asatir al-awwaleen? Asatir is a plural of ustura. And ustura is used for a story. And it's from the root letter seen ta-ra. Sat-tara. Sat-tara. Ta with a shadda. Sat-tara is to compose lies. To fabricate lies. To make things up. And as-tara. As-tara is when someone makes a mistake. When a person makes a mistake. Is-tar is ikhtar. To make a mistake. Now from the same root is the word satr also. And satr is used for a line. Okay? A line. Like for example, a line of words. Okay? Or a row of trees. Or a row of people. This is called a satr also. Now when someone is not standing in the line, they're not standing in the line. They're standing a step away from it. 
or a person is not sitting in the line rather they are you know a step forward or a step behind then are they making a mistake are they making a mistake yes they are so istar is jawaz as-satr alladhi huwa fihi is when someone is not standing in the line that he's supposed to be standing in so in other words he's making a mistake now from this the word ustura comes i understand the background making a mistake ustura is used for a story that has no foundation that is embellished with lies that has clear errors in it clear errors you know it's like you see a line and it's not going straight you can see it from far and tell yeah there's something wrong with this line it's not a straight line hmm it's not a straight line you can tell so likewise ustura is such a story which when you hear about you know it is not true you know it is fictional you know it's just a myth it's just you know made up so they said about the quran asatir al awwalin stories of who al awwalin al awwalin can be understood in two ways meaning stories of the people of the past stories that are far from reality or stories that were invented by al awwalin so for example many people who don't believe in the concept of prophethood and the concept of miracles when they would hear about the story of musa alayhi salam and the fact that he threw a stick and that turned into a snake what would they say oh can't be true cannot be true when people hear about the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam splitting the moon into half what do they say cannot be true hmm so they say it's just stories that people have invented and if you think about it many people today this is what they say about religious scriptures those who don't believe in akhirah those who don't believe in the concept of god those who don't believe in adhering to any religion what is their attitude towards scripture in general whatever it may be whether true or not this is what they say right people say that religions are just made up by people or oh, the story of the creation the story of the creation of adam it's just a myth it's just you know what people made up long time ago and it was transferred from one generation to the other and over time it got more embellished with lies so this is the attitude of who arrogant people mustakbirin وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ مَاذَا أَنزَلَ رَبُّكُمْ قَالُوا وَسَاطِيرُ الْأَوَّلِينَ And when they say such things about the Qur'an, what happens? People accept. People accept them that, oh, this person is so knowledgeable. He has so many degrees. He's so influential. If he's saying about the Qur'an that it is just stories, then he must be right. Likewise, the leaders of Makkah, when they would say, Qur'an is just أَسَاطِيرُ الْأَوَّلِينَ people who had come from far and wide what would they say yes they are right don't bother to pay any attention to the quran so in other words they go astray themselves and then they also lead others astray but when they're leading others astray allah says liyahmilu lam over here shows lam of consequence that as a result what will happen yahmilu they will carry awzarahum their burdens awzar is the plural of wizr and wizr is a burden On the day of judgment, what is going to be a burden for a person? Which kind of deeds? Sins. Sins are going to be a physical burden on the day of judgment. It's up to us how much burden we want to take with us and how much burden we want to get rid of today. So that over there, we have no burden to carry.
Has it ever happened with you that you're traveling and you just happen to have a lot of hand luggage? I mean, I'm sure many people are known for carrying extra hand luggage as much as possible. So then what happens at the airport? What do you want to do? When you're waiting in line and there's a bag on your shoulder and a bag you know, that you're dragging behind you and another bag on your shoulder, what do you want to do? You just want to throw it. Literally, you just want to throw it. Why? Because you've been carrying it for how many hours? Just a couple of hours. The day of judgment is how long? 50,000 years. And on that day, we have to carry the burden of our sins. So wouldn't it be smart if we got that burden erased today? Forgiven today? So that on that day, we are free? We are light? They will carry their own burdens, their own sins, kamilatan, completely, meaning no one is going to help them. No follower, no servant, no supporter, no animal, nothing is going to help them carry that burden. It's going to be on them alone. Yawm al-Qiyamah, on the Day of Judgment. But just that burden they will carry? No. In addition to the burden of their own sins, because they're leaders, they will also carry the burden of the sins of those people whom they led astray. وَمِنْ and from أَوْزَارُ Burdens الَّذِينَ يُضِلُّونَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ عِلْمٍ Of those whom they led astray without any knowledge. أَلَا سَاءَ مَا يَزِرُونَ Unquestionably, evil is that which they carry. How horrible is that which they carry. Because it is so painful to carry that. It is so humiliating and embarrassing to be carrying those burdens. Your own and alter the burdens of others. So what do we learn from this? That each person is going to bear the burden of his sins on the day of judgment himself. Kamila. No one is going to help him. In fact, father, mother, brother, friend, spouse, each is going to run away from a person. People are going to be running away from each other. But if a person has led another astray, meaning someone committed a sin, someone did something wrong because you told them, because you advised them, then you know what? That burden is also going to be on us. So be very careful about what you say to others, what advice you give to others, what you encourage others to do. Be very careful. Because if a person encourages someone to do something good, then what is that? Sadaqatun jariyah. Meaning a continuous charity because of which a person will keep receiving reward. But at the same time, if a person promotes something evil, if a person promotes a sin, even if it's by just doing a like and it's showing on your wall, and then there's a music video, and then five people watch it because of you. You know what that means? You got the sin of listening to haram yourself, but the five people who watched it through you, their sin is also on you. So be very careful. When we say something, when we share something, when we like something, when we retweet something, whatever it may be, be careful. Because everything is being recorded. Those who lead others, leaders, will carry double burden. And each one of us in some capacity is a leader. Like for example, if you know an older sister, she says a bad word in front of her little brother. And the little brother sounds so cute saying that. Okay, that bad word. And he says it. 
And she has a good laugh. And he says it again. And he says it again. And he says it again. Now, for the rest of his life, whenever he's going to say that word and people are hurt, guess who's getting the sin? The one who taught that child. The son of Adam, السلام, he was the first one to kill, to commit murder. So now, every person who commits murder until the day of judgment, that sin is also going to him. Because he started that, he initiated that practice. That kullukum ra'in, each one of you is a shepherd, and wa kullukum mas'ulun an ra'iyatihi. Each one of you is going to be questioned about his flock. So whether we are a shepherd as an older sister, as a mother, as the eldest cousin, or a friend, or a mentor, or whatever capacity we're in, when other people are learning from us anything, then remember, if it's good, inshallah, good will be recorded for us. But if it's something bad, then bad is going to be recorded for us. أَلَا سَاءَ مَا يَزِرُونَ That if any wrong action You know, we are facilitating it. We are facilitating a wrong action, oppression, injustice. Then we have a hand in it. And that means we are going to be held responsible for it as well. This doesn't mean that those who are following others, they are not going to be responsible. No, they are going to carry their own burden also. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them an intellect, a brain, by which they could decide what was right and worth following and what was wrong and not worth following. So it's the duty of every person, the one who is telling others that he better be careful and the one who's following others that you also better be careful. Don't just follow blindly. Just because someone has promoted a music video doesn't mean you have to watch it. We just say, oh, I didn't have a choice. You know, it just happened. And we put the blame on others, whether it's a human being or shaitan. But... The fact is that we did have a choice. We did have a choice. And this is why we are responsible. لِيَحْمِلُوا أَوْزَارَهُمْ كَامِلَةً يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَمِنْ أَوْزَارِ الَّذِينَ يُضِلُّونَهُمْ بِغَيْرِ عِلْمٍ أَلَا سَاءَ مَا يَزِرُونَ I remember I read a story uh, once. Allahu alam if it's true or not. It's been a long time I read this story. About this man who had basically signed up for some really bad, nasty websites. porn websites and it was like uh, what he would do is that forward you know those things to his group of friends regularly and then basically it went on auto like it was all done automatically that he wouldn't have to get all those images and everything and send them individually but it was like an automated process this man died and then the next day his friend opens up his email and he finds an email from his friend Okay, the one who had died, you know, pornographic images and so on and so forth. And every day he's receiving. Now that man is lying in his grave. He's lying in his grave. But every day emails are being sent. Emails are being sent with haram images, with sin. Why? Because it's automated. And they try to have that email shut down. Allahu alam if it worked or not. But this is quite scary. That sometimes we don't even realize the impact of our actions. That how it can carry on even after we are gone. And how dangerous it is that we are gone but sins are being entered. Um, they actually said that, you know, he had like a five year subscription. So they couldn't shut it down until five years. So he was getting the sin for five years. So 
be careful whenever we are cooperating with anybody in doing something wrong whether we are uh, giving it or receiving it keep away from this because promoting wrong receiving wrong both are evil both are evil qad makara alladhina min qablihim certainly those before them also plotted the people of makkah this was basically their plot right that when people would come and ask them about Muhammad ﷺ, about the Qur'an, they had all decided to say, it's just a satirul awwaleen. This was a makr. This was a plot to defeat the cause of the Prophet ﷺ. So Allah says that the people before them also plotted against their prophets. They also planned to lead people astray. You think this is the first time people have attempted to do something like this? No, it's always happened before. But what happened? فَأَتَ اللَّهُ So Allah came. بُنِيَانَهُمْ To their building. بُنِيَانَ is building. مِنَ الْقَوَاعِدِ From the foundations. قَوَاعِد is a plural of قَاعِدَة. قَاعِدَة is foundation, bases. So قَوَاعِد, foundations, bases. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came to their building from where? From the foundation. What does this mean? That the foundations were targeted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought them their destruction. How? By destroying their foundation. So as a result, when the foundation was collapsed, فَخَرَّ So it fell alayhim upon them, السَّقْفُ The roof. مِنْ فَوْقِهِمْ From above them. وَأَتَاهُمُ الْعَذَابِ And the punishment came to them, مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ From where they could not even perceive. They never thought that the punishment would come from there. Now what does this ayah mean? What's this building referring to? Ibn Abbas anhu he said that this refers to Namrud. Namrud, the ancient king who built a tower. Okay, who built a bunyan, a huge building, who had this huge building constructed. And he said that build it so that I can ascend it and reach the heavens and see who is this God of Ibrahim and I will wage war against him and defeat him. Does that remind you of someone? Fir'aun. What did Fir'aun say? فَأَوْقِدْ لِي يَا هَمَانُ عَلَى الطِّينِ That make for me from clay, O Haman, meaning a building, فَجَعَلْ لِي صَرْحًا لَعَلِّي أَطَّلِعُ إِلَى إِلَهِ مُوسَى Make a huge tower for me so that I can go up and see who is this God of Musa. And if he's really there, then you know what, I'll deal with him. Such pride. So what happened to these kings, Fir'aun and Namrud? They had these buildings made, but what happened? These buildings, they collapsed. From where? From the foundation. When the foundation, it collapsed, it was targeted, then the entire building from the roof came down on them. And their entire makr collapsed. Now Fir'aun and Nimrud, they literally built towers. But there were many other people who built not physical towers, but huge, massive plans and plots to oppose their messengers, to defeat their messengers, to spread false rumors about them so that the people would not believe in them. In other words, to misguide people. And no matter how strong their plots were, no matter how strong and detailed their schemes were, what happened? They were destroyed from the very foundations. You know what this reminds me of? That companion who came to Mecca and he was told... There's a shahid here, a poet here. And if you listen to him, his poetry will affect you like magic. So what did he do? At-Tufail ibn Amr al-Dawsi. What did he do? He 
put cotton in his ears so that he wouldn't even accidentally hear the Prophet ﷺ. Then what happened? He said, you know what? I'm a man who has some reason, some intellect. Let me just give it a shot. Let me just try it. And he listened and he knew that it wasn't magic. So this huge plan that the people of Makkah had made will call Muhammad ﷺ this and that and will scare people and will warn them and will frighten them so that they will not even listen to him. Did it work? No. Their plans turned against them. If Al-Tufayl ibn Amr al-Dawsi had not been warned so much, perhaps he wouldn't have bothered to pay any attention anyway. He came for his hajj. He would have done that and gone back. But because he was told repeatedly, be careful, be careful, be careful. So what happened? He was careful initially, but then he's like, what is this big hype? Let me check it out myself. So their plan failed. Their plan led them to their destruction. Many times the media portrays Islam or Muslims in a very wrong way, in an incorrect way, but that becomes a cause of people you know, coming to Islam. Because Islam is many times portrayed as a very weird kind of religion, oppressive religion, terrorist religion. So people wonder, what is this book? You know, what is this Qur'an that promotes so much terror? What is it? Let me find out. And when they open it up, what do they find? Something completely different. And that becomes a source of their coming to Islam. Hmm? So, وَأَتَاهُمُ الْعَذَابُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ ثُمَّ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Then on the day of judgment, يُخْزِيهِمْ Allah will humiliate them. These same people who have been plotting to oppose the prophets, to lead people astray. On the day of judgment, what's going to happen? يُخْزِيهِمْ Allah will humiliate these people. How? وَيَقُولُ And he will say, أَيْنَ شُرَكَائِي Where are my partners? الَّذِينَ كُنْتُمْ Those which you used to. تُشَاقُونَ فِيهِمْ You would oppose فِيهِمْ In their cause. Where are those shuraka? Where are those gods whom you associated with me? For whose sake tushaquna? Tushaquna fi meaning tushaquna fi sabilihim, meaning for their cause, for the cause of these idols, for the cause of these gods. And tushaquna from shikaq, opposition, meaning you opposed my messengers, you opposed those who believe in me, you opposed my servants so much. You went to such great lengths in opposition to my prophets for the sake of those gods, in order to protect your idolatry, in order to preserve your religion. So tell me, where are your gods today? If you think about it, why was it the mushrikeen were so hostile towards the Prophet ﷺ? Why? Was there something wrong in what he was saying? No. But the spread of the wahid was what? A threat to their religion. They loved their gods, they loved their idols, and they were afraid that if the wahid spreads, who's going to pay attention to our gods? How is our business going to continue? So on the Day of Judgment, they will be asked, so where are those shuraka? Where are they today? Obviously, the mushrikeen will not be able to answer. They'll be embarrassed to even speak up. Because if someone has been guilty, someone has been doing something wrong, and then they're asked, okay, so what do you have to show? Where is your your cause that you were promoting and you were striving to preserve it? Where is it? Where is it now? They'll be absolutely silent, unable to speak. Then who will speak? Qala. He will speak. Who? Alladina utul ilm. Those who have been given knowledge. And who are they? The prophets 
and the heirs of the prophets. They will speak and they will say, إِنَّ الْخِزْيَةِ Indeed, humiliation, utter humiliation, al-yawma today, wasu and evil is going to be on who? عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ On the disbelievers. Meaning today, those who disbelieve are going to be utterly humiliated and something, su, something terrible is going to happen to them. Now evil is going to be upon them. Now, in other words, punishment is going to befall them. What do we learn from this? What's the lesson in this for us? Be careful about what you hold on to. What you hold on to, what you are living for, be careful about it. That What is it that is the goal of our life? That we are striving to promote, preserve. What is it? Because look at the mushrikeen, how much money they spent in the preservation of their religion. How many lives they lost. How many relationships they severed. Just to preserve their religion of idolatry. But at the end, what happened? What will happen on the Day of Judgment? Those gods, will there be any sign of them? No. Thrown in hellfire right before their eyes. Anything, anything that we run after in this world, that we strive to preserve, remember, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Don't give your life, don't spend your life on anything unless it takes you to the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Unless it takes you to Jannah. Unless it is one of those things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes and He approves of. Otherwise it's not worth it. Because things of this world, no matter how much we strive to preserve them, ultimately, they'll finish. They'll finish. Literally, they will finish. And what is done for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to earn His pleasure, that will remain. That will help a person. That will take a person to the home of the hereafter. We'll listen to the recitation of these verses. Ilahukum wahid. فَالَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْآخِرَةِ قُلُوبُهُمْ مُنْكِرَةٌ وَهُمْ مُسْتَكْبِرُونَ لَا جَرَمَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا يُسِرُّونَ وَمَا يُعْلِنُونَ إِنَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ الْمُسْتَكْبِرِينَ وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ مَاذَا أَنزَلَ رَبُّكُمْ قَالُوا أَسَاطِيرُ الْأَوَّلِينَ لِيَحْمِلُوا أَوْزَارَهُمْ كَامِلَةً يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَمِنْ أَوْزَارِ الَّذِينَ يُضِلُّونَهُمْ ثم يوم القيامة يخزى 
يُنْجِيهِمْ وَيَقُولُ أَيْنَ شُرَكَائِيَ الَّذِينَ كُنْتُمْ تُشَاقُونَ فِيهِمْ ۗ 